Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about how to navigate construction debt in the current rising interest rate environment. But before we talk about rising interest rates, we need to talk about the kind of debt you might want to use for your projects. There's so many different types of debt, and on today's show, we're going to talk about the ones that we like to use and which ones we use with extreme caution. We believe that in a rising interest rate environment, all borrowers need to be careful. When people think of borrowing, the most common source is a bank. In our experience, banks tend to have very narrow lending criteria. There are very few banks that will actually fund construction. They're generally offering the lowest interest rates, but they may have terms or constraints on the loan that might not be a fit for your project. The most conservative of lenders want to see an existing income stream and they want the maximum of security. That means first lien position security and a mortgage or deed of trust. And they often don't allow any secondary financing behind that first lien on the property. But if your property has a construction component or demolition prior to construction, the lender might have a hard time getting their mind around the temporary destruction of a portion of their collateral. A few banks have a construction to permanent financing loan product which usually consists of a construction phase, which is usually interest only, and during that construction period, it's a variable interest rate usually indexed to an offset from LIBOR or the Wall Street Journal prime rate. Once construction is complete and you reach your leasing threshold, the loan could convert to a permanent financing, which would be rate locked for the term of the loan, maybe five or seven years, on a 25-year amortization schedule. The problem with these loans is that they are generally full recourse loans, which means you're signing personal guarantees. And I mean joint and several personal guarantees. So all of the guarantors basically agree to sign over all of their personal assets to the bank in the event of default. Now, when it comes to construction loans, I prefer to sign non-recourse construction loans. When we're talking about non-recourse loans, what we're really talking about is limited recourse. Limited recourse consists of three basic carve-outs that at least I'm completely comfortable with signing. The first is a guarantee not to commit fraud. If we commit fraud, then the loan is fully recourse to the borrower. That should not be a difficult one to meet. The second guarantee is a completion guarantee. We're comfortable signing a completion guarantee because most of our construction projects are bonded projects, meaning there will be a payment and performance bond associated with the general contractor. And if the contractor fails to perform, for whatever reason, the bond will take care of getting the project to completion. And third, there will usually be an environmental indemnity. In total, we're comfortable with signing these guarantees and still consider these guarantees to be a non-recourse loan. When you're looking for a non-recourse loan, you have a few choices. The first, is to, the first is to work with a construction bridge lender. These loans generally price around 8 to 8.5%, and these loans have increased from that 8% price range to 9%. On a relative basis, the impact of this increase is a modest 10% compared with the total cost of your debt service. For those looking for construction to permanent loans, these loans were generally pricing below 5% a year ago, and today they're pricing in the 55 to 6% range. On a relative basis, the increase is much larger, even if the additional cost in absolute dollars is the same. Now, we would perform a risk analysis of what a higher interest rate environment could mean, both in terms of the interest reserve we need for construction, as well as the cost once we convert to permanent financing. And from that risk analysis, we would determine how much additional equity would be needed in the project to ensure a safe project. A project that is too thinly capitalized is at much greater risk of default. 
we would also determine the impact of the increased equity on the rate of return to the project's investors. In our case, we would make sure the project is sufficiently capitalized to withstand an increase in interest rate as well as an increase in construction cost. In the simplest case, you'd bring that additional cash to the table in the form of equity, but you may want to negotiate with your lender to use that additional equity to leverage the project even higher and gain some additional loan proceeds. And when we work with a lender, we make sure we've got a fairly complete understanding of the project and the way the project's going to be analyzed by the lender. We make sure we have all of the market studies completed that a lender will ultimately want to reference in underwriting the loan. We have the data to double check the results of an independent appraisal. The lender is going to order that appraisal independent of anything we've done. But if the appraiser made a mistake in their analysis, we've got the data with which to objectively challenge the appraisal. And we'll do that without tainting the appraisal as long as the protocols of communication between us, the borrower, and the lender and the appraiser are respected. Rising interest rates can add cost to a project, and some projects that had thin profit margins embedded in their financial model will be forced to abandon the project. It's so important at all times to ensure that you design your project with large and sustainable profit margins, and if those financial hurdles are not met, don't start the project. And in today's environment, this kind of discipline has become more important than ever. Higher interest rates raise the risk to a project, but if those higher rates are taken into the context of today's high inflation environment, it's clear that we're still in a negative interest rate environment in real terms. If the dollar is devaluing at 8.5% a year, and the interest you're paying to your lender is only at 5%, well, you've got a license to print money. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.